So Revelation chapter 6, verses 1 and 2. Please stand together with me out of honor to God and His Word as I read. And I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals, and I heard, as it were, the noise of thunder, one of the four beasts coming, uh, saying, Come and see. And I saw, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him had a bow, and a crown was given unto him, and he went forth conquering and to conquer. Thank you. you may be seated. Well, I hope you enjoyed the snow last week. I guess it's starting a new week. Hope you enjoyed the snow. I know Debbie did. Uh, Debbie's a school teacher, and she loves two-hour delays, and she even loves more cancellations. And so she got both this week. She got both this week. But I hope you enjoyed the snow. But speaking of snow, uh, it was snowing and blowing to the point that visibility was almost zero when a young lady got off work. She made her way to her car and wondered how she was going to make it home. So she sat in her car while it warmed up, and she remembered... Her daddy's advice that if she ever got caught in a snowstorm, she should wait for a snowplow to come by and follow it. Well, sure enough, in a little while, a snowplow went by and she started to follow it. Well, as she followed the snowplow, she was feeling very safe and was having no problem with the snow. After a while, she was surprised when the snowplow stopped and the driver got out and came back to her car and told her to roll the window down. The snowplow driver wanted to know if she was all right because she'd been following him for a long time. She said, no, I'm fine, and she told him of her daddy's advice to follow a snowplow when caught in a snowstorm. The driver replied it was okay with him, and she could continue following if she wanted to. But he was done plowing the giant parking lot and was headed to Walmart next. <laughs> Let's look at the rise of Antichrist, the rise of Antichrist. First of all, by way of identification, he is Antichrist. But he's not called Antichrist in the Bible. He is Antichrist. He's against Christ. He's another Christ, however you want to uh, interpret that anti. He is Antichrist, but he is not called Antichrist in the Bible. Instead, he is called in the Bible, first of all, the beast. The beast. And if you read in chapter 13 and verse 2 of Revelation, that's because he has the body of a leopard, the feet of a bear, and the mouth of a lion. Now, again, using poetic language here. This is reminiscent of Daniel's vision in Daniel chapter 7, verses 3 to 7. And in Daniel's vision, uh, this beast is, the, the different parts of the beast are Babylon, Media, and Persia. Those are the ones who are represented in this beast. Well, this superpower headed by the Antichrist or by the beast, it combines the evil of each of those kingdoms. He's not only called the beast, though, he's also called the man of sin. And that is by the Apostle Paul in 2 Thessalonians 2, beginning in verse 3. He said, Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first, and that the man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he as God sits in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. So this man of sin, he is also called the son of perdition. The word perdition means destruction. He is a destroyer, as we will see. He will be destroyed, as we will see. He opposes God. He exalts himself above God. And in fact, he claims to be God. He will sit in God's temple as God. Indeed, he is the abomination of desolation that Jesus mentions in Matthew 24, and verse 15. So when it comes to the identification of the Antichrist, he is the epitome of humanity and its rebellion against God. So if you could just say, let's take humanity and humanity's rebellion against God and let's put it into one person, that would be the Antichrist. But again, he's not called Antichrist in the Bible. He's called the beast. He's called the man of sin. He's called the son of perdition. So we see his identification. Secondly, I want us to look at tribulation. 
The Antichrist comes to power as the first of seven seals is opened. If you look here in chapter 6 of Revelation that I read, in verse 1 it says the Lamb, that's Jesus, he opens one of the seals. And so the Antichrist comes to power as the first of seven seals is opened. And he is heralded as the world's hero during, excuse me, he appears on the world stage as a hero. And he is heralded as Earth's savior during what's called the tribulation period. Now know this about the tribulation period. God has ordained the tribulation period. But it will be a time of unprecedented turmoil. There will be unparalleled natural catastrophes, uncontrollable human immorality, unbelievable misery, suffering, and death, unimaginable tragedy. But it has been ordained by God himself. Now the exact cause of the tribulation is unknown. We don't know exactly what causes it. Perhaps the rapture will be the cause. Why do I say that? Think about it. Millions of people will instantly disappear, causing uh, instant global chaos. Now, think back to 9-11, and it was a tragedy, but 3,000 Americans were lost, basically 3,000 on that day, and it was horrible, horrific. What about when millions of people are just instantly gone? That will cause instant global chaos. And so that's why some people, while we don't know exactly what causes the tribulation, the rapture may be the very cause of the tribulation period. But know this, the tribulation period will intensify into the great tribulation. So you've got this seven-year tribulation period, but it intensifies into what is called the great tribulation. But let's look back at the Antichrist. He is a military leader. When we read here in verse 2, it says he has a bow, he has a crown, he is a conqueror. So he is a military ruler. And he will conquer and rule the earth for seven years. He will rule the earth militarily for seven years. He will rule the earth economically for seven years. He will rule the earth religiously for seven years. This will be the one world government or the new world order that we always hear about. That's what this will be when the Antichrist rules this earth for seven years. But let's ask the question, is worldwide leadership possible now, like in our day and time? Is it possible that somebody could actually rule the whole world? Well, the first thing you would need to rule the world is communication, good communication. Well, thanks to the Internet, internet satellite, cell phones, there is global communication. And think about the Internet. There's something called shadow banning or outright blocking of online content that's available. So somebody can centrally control what is and is not made globally available. So if somebody wanted to promote the Antichrist, they could do that through the Internet. If somebody wanted to reject any opposition to the Antichrist, they could do that now. This is something that can be done now. The second thing you would need if you're going to rule the world is centralized economic control. Centralized economic control. As I shared with you back in December, only about 5% of financial transactions in the United States are with cash. People just aren't using cash anymore. Uh, they're using credit cards. They're using their cell phones. There's all different kind of ways that people are buying things, but they're not using cash for the most part. And as I told you back in December, nations are moving to digital currency. CBDC, remember that, that's central bank digital currency. These nations are moving to their central banks to start digital currency. And the United States does not have digital currency, but we are considering, as a nation, we are considering a digital dollar. Not only that, but as I mentioned, people are, instead of using cash, they're using their cell phones to pay 
to pay for things now. I was at Dairy Queen last week. Don't worry, I'm on a diet. I wasn't getting something for myself, but I was getting something for somebody else who's also on a diet, but I won't say who that is. But anyway, I didn't say it was you. But anyway, the, the person in front of me, I had my money ready, but the person in front of me, I was just watching, uh, they just took their phone and handed their phone to the person at Dairy Queen. Dairy Queen person, cashier, just scanned their phone. There was no money. There was no credit card. It was all taken care of digitally, right? So this is coming. What does that have to do with anything? What does that have to do with centralized economic control? Well, once your ID is blocked, whether it's your phone or something else, your credit card, once your ID is blocked, you can't buy, you can't sell. So all it takes is for you to have your ID blocked by a central location, and all of a sudden you can't buy, you can't sell. So I ask the question, is global leadership possible? Could somebody possibly in our day and time become king of the world? Yes, there is the communication, there is the centralized economic control. Both of these are possible now. So we see identification of the Antichrist. We see the tribulation period. That's where he rises to power. Thirdly, I want us to look at deception. Deception. Now, this is not deception, what I'm going to read to you. Um, but I want you to know the, the Antichrist is a counterfeit Christ. He's a counterfeit Christ. But what I want to do for you, first of all, is read to you about Christ himself from Revelation 19, verses 11 and 12. John says, I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. So that is Christ. But let's compare that to the Antichrist that we read about in Revelation 6, the first two verses. They both ride white horses, okay? The Antichrist is on a white horse, Christ is on a white horse. They both wear crowns. Now the Antichrist wears one crown, Christ wears many crowns. Amen. Why? The Antichrist is a king. Jesus is king of kings. Amen. They both carry weapons. The Antichrist carries a bow. Christ carries a sword. Antichrist is from earth. Christ is from heaven. So we see he's a counterfeit Christ. But not only there, there's further evidence that he is a counterfeit Christ. First of all, look at incarnation. Now we know that Jesus is God incarnate. Jesus is God in the flesh. Well, Antichrist is Satan incarnate. You can read about that in Revelation 12.3 and Revelation 13.1. He is Satan incarnate. How about in the area of instruction? We know when Jesus was here for his ministry, he spoke great words to honor God for about three years of his ministry. Well, the Antichrist will speak great things to dishonor God for three and a half years. Go to chapter 13 of Revelation. Let me read to you verses 5 and 6. And there was given unto him a mouth, speaking great things and blasphemies, and power was given unto him to continue forty and two months. That's three and a half years. And he opened his mouth and blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and them that dwell in heaven. And so he's a counterfeit in the incarnation. He's a counterfeit in his instruction. He's a counterfeit in resurrection. Now we know that Jesus rose from the dead after he died on the cross. Well, Antichrist will suffer a fatal wound and live. Also look in chapter 13 and verse 3. And I saw one of his heads as it were wounded to death, and his deadly wound was healed, and all the world wondered after the beast. And so Jesus had a resurrection. The Antichrist has a counterfeit resurrection. How about identification? God gives his people a mark in their forehead. This is in chapter 7 of Revelation and verse 3. He gives his people a mark in their forehead. It is an assurance of their salvation. It's not a physical mark, but a, a 
spiritual mark, marking victory and deliverance. Well, the Antichrist gives his people a mark in their forehead or in their right hand. Look in chapter 13 of Revelation, verses 17 and 18. It says, And that no man may buy or sell, except he had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him that has understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred three score and six. In other words, six, six, six. And this will be required for all commercial transactions. Now, when you read on, all who receive the mark are headed for hell. Revelation 14, verses 9 and 11 indicate that if you take the mark of the beast, you're going to hell. And yet the Lamb's mark is a guarantee of heaven. Antichrist's mark is a guarantee of hell. And as I told you back in December, we are all being prepared to take the mark today. As I talked about, think about how credit card use has evolved. It used to be you'd take your credit card and you'd hand it to the cashier. Well, then they, they didn't take your credit card anymore. You had to swipe it yourself. Now you just have to tap it using RFID technology. And here's what's coming. They're going to say, why don't you scan your hand or let me scan your forehead so that you can purchase this and get on your way. Not only that, we know the proliferation of biometric security systems such as iris scans using, using your body to determine security. I showed you this back in December, the Amazon One scanner right up in Alexandria. If you want to buy something now, all you got to do is scan your palm and you can buy, as long as your palm is connected to your bank account that has enough money in it, you can buy whatever you want. And I don't know if you heard this or not, but Greece, the nation of Greece, they began issuing national ID cards last fall. Now, here's what's interesting. They're not the only people to have a national ID card. But on this ID card is digitized biometric data. It not only has a digitized photo, but it has their fingerprints digitized on it. Also, these national ID cards are equipped with RFID technology, just like your credit card. And so these people can be, they don't have to show their card to be identified. Somebody can have an RFID reader at a distance and can know who they are and know their fingerprints and everything about them, which the government would really want to know that information. As I said back in December, these technologies are not the mark of the beast. They are not the mark of the beast. They are preparation for the mark of the beast. We are getting lulled into this a sense of all this technology and so on, which is very convenient, very convenient. And it's preparing us to one day take the mark of the beast. Well, again, the Antichrist is counterfeit, counterfeit incarnation, counterfeit instruction, counterfeit resurrection, counterfeit identification, counterfeit negotiation. God offers his people an eternal covenant. Read about it in Jeremiah 31, verses 33 and 34. The Antichrist makes and breaks a covenant after three and a half years. This is in Daniel chapter 9 and verse 27. It says, He shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. Now, if you've ever studied the book of Daniel, you know weeks here means uh, years. So we're talking about seven years. He shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. And in the middle of the week, that would be three and a half years, he shall cause the sacrifice, the oblation to cease, and for the overspreading abominations, he shall make it desolate, even to the consummation, and that determined shall be poured upon the desolate. So God offers his people an eternal covenant. The Antichrist makes and breaks his covenant after three and a half years. How do you think people are going to respond to that when the Antichrist makes a covenant with God's people, the Jews, and then he breaks it after three and a half years? Well, the recent anti-Semitism that we are seeing in our own country shows us that this breach from the Antichrist will be well supported by our nation. 
people will say it's about time that somebody broke a promise with the Jews. Well, there's one other area, and I don't think it's going to show on your screen, but that the Antichrist is counterfeit, and that is in, no, there's two more, exaltation, exaltation. Jesus receives worship due him because he's God. Angels worship him. Believers worship him. Well, Antichrist will receive worldwide worship. As desired by Satan from the very beginning, look to chapter 13 of Revelation and verse 4. It says there, And they worship the dragon, which gave power to the beast. And they worship the beast, saying, Who's like the beast? Who's able to make war with him? And so Antichrist receives worldwide worship. Not only as desired by Satan from the beginning, but as demanded by the false prophet. Look down to verse 15 of chapter 13. It says, He had power to give life to the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. Everybody on earth worships the beast except for those who are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. That's what it says. They will all worship except for those whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And that is why Antichrist hates Christianity. He hates Christianity. He will hate Christianity. Look at chapter 13 of Revelation verse 7. It says, And it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And power was given him over all kindreds and tongues and nations. The Antichrist will hate Christianity. Antichrist's political military machine will oppose Christ and all who are loyal to Christ. We already see a war on Christianity in our own nation as people are trying to explain away our godly foundation by godly men. We're already being prepared for this. Think about it in America. All faiths are accepted except Christianity. No faith can be impugned except Christianity. You try to make fun of the Muslim faith and see what happens to you. You try to make fun of the Buddhist faith and see what happens to you. You make fun of Christianity all day, all night. That's fine. We're being prepared for this. And then are you familiar with DEI? It stands for Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. Not only if you're in the military you're familiar with this, but in the, in the corporate world, Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. There are now officers who are interested in D-E-N-I. And in the time of Antichrist, I guarantee officers that are DEI officers will find Christians in violation of the law concerning our views on homosexuality and transgenderism and the rest. And as we already looked at, Antichrist will eventually set himself up as God. And so we see Antichrist is a false Christ. He is a counterfeit Christ. Oh, one other area, and that is domination. The Antichrist will reign over the earth for seven years, but unchecked for three and a half years. He will reign over this earth. Jesus will reign over this earth for 1,000 years. Here's what I find interesting. Muslims are expecting what they call the 12th Imam. And what's interesting about this is the 12th Imam, his characteristics are eerily similar not to Christ, but Antichrist. Here's what they believe. The twelfth imam will rule over the earth for seven years. They believe that the first three years of his rule will be during global turmoil. They believe that the twelfth imam will bring peace and justice to the world. And they believe that Jesus will return after the twelfth imam's seventh year reign. That sounds like Antichrist to me. I just find it interesting. So we see... As we look at the rise of Antichrist, we see his identification. 
We see the tribulation. We see the deception. Fourthly, I want to look at the, the revelation. Who is the Antichrist? I'm sure you want to know that. And you expect me to tell you. Who is the Antichrist? Well, many evil and not so evil men have been suggested through the millennia. The Roman Emperor Neo, Nero, he was suggested as Antichrist. Pick any pope. They've all been accused of being Antichrist. U.S. presidents back to Thomas Jefferson all the way, including Joe Biden, have been accused of being the Antichrist. Napoleon Bonaparte, Adolf Hitler. But Paul teaches that Jesus doesn't come back until the Antichrist is revealed. We looked at this. Let's look at it again. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him, that you be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you. That day shall not come except there come a falling away first and that the man of sin be revealed, the son of of perdition. So Paul says Jesus doesn't come back to the Antichrist is revealed. So all we can do as Christians is be on the lookout for a world leader who is first of all blasphemous. That's Revelation 13 and verse 6. Pompous. We looked at that. 2 Thessalonians 2.4. He thinks he's God. Miraculous. 2 Thessalonians 2.9 says he's going to do signs and wonders. A world leader who is religious. 2 Thessalonians 2 chapter 4. He sets himself up as God in the temple. And he's victorious. We looked at that from Revelation 13, 7, that he has victory to overcome the saints. And so we can be on the lookout for a world leader who is blasphemous, pompous, miraculous, religious, victorious. Is the Antichrist alive today? Is he alive today? God only knows. God only knows. But there is not currently anyone on the world stage, in my opinion, who fits all the biblical characteristics of the Antichrist, somebody who's blasphemous, pompous, miraculous, religious, and victorious. Also, there is no global upheaval to warrant the rise of Antichrist. However, that could change in a moment, in an instant. Consider if there were nuclear war. Everything's fine, then the bombs start falling, all of a sudden we've got global upheaval. What about a natural occurrence? Maybe a meteor or a comet hits the earth. All of a sudden, we've got global turmoil. Maybe it's supernatural. As I said before, some believe that the rapture will provide the upheaval necessary to launch the Antichrist into power. Think about it. All believers being removed at once. So believers who are driving their cars, believers who are driving trucks, believers who are flying airplanes, believers who are operating heavy machinery, in an instant, all gone. And then think about the increased crime that will result. All the law enforcement officers who are believers, the police, the military, FBI, CIA, all gone in an instant. Instant global chaos will ensue. Perhaps the rapture is the catalyst for the rise of Antichrist and the Great Tribulation. So I want to talk about one last thing, and that's preparation. Regardless of who the Antichrist is and when he appears, we need to be ready really doesn't matter who he is. It doesn't matter when he's coming. We need to be ready. And a relationship with Christ is the only way to be prepared. You need to believe in Jesus Christ as your Savior. Believe he died on the cross to pay for your sins. That he was buried for your sins and you rose again the third day. Whether you're getting ready, prepared for the rapture, or you're getting ready for Antichrist, you need to be prepared. And Jesus is the only way to be prepared. As you learn more about Antichrist, you'll find out he does a lot of killing. He does a lot of killing. The worst thing Antichrist can do is kill. 
And yet the best thing that we, we believers can experience is death. Death is a believer's gateway to heaven. 2 Corinthians 5.8 says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So the moment you die, whether of natural causes or at the hand of you know, some murderer like the Antichrist, you're instantly in heaven with the Lord Jesus Christ. And so the worst thing Antichrist can do is kill, and the best thing that we can experience is death. So death is not to be feared by believers. It's to be welcomed. But if you're not a believer... You should be afraid. And you should be very afraid. Very afraid. Not only of the possibility of Antichrist, but you need to be afraid to die. But if you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ and Him alone, all the fear is gone. It's all gone. Because the moment you take your last breath, the moment your heart beats its last beat, you'll be in the very presence of the Lord Jesus Christ in heaven. That's nothing to be afraid of. Nothing to be afraid of. And so today as we looked at the rise of Antichrist, the rise of Antichrist, we looked at his identification. He's not called Antichrist in the Bible. He's called the man of sin, the son of perdition. He's called the beast. But he is Antichrist, no question about it. Secondly, we looked at tribulation. He comes to power during the tribulation, and the tribulation only gets worse as it becomes the great tribulation. And we see he's a military ruler. And he will rule over this earth for seven years, three and a half which are unchecked. And we are the first generation in which worldwide leadership is possible. Communication is there. The economics are there. It can happen. That doesn't mean it is going to happen. It can happen. And we are the first generation in which that was possible. Then we looked at deception. We see that the Antichrist is a counterfeit Christ. Oh, they both ride white horses. They both wear crowns. But they're very different. The Antichrist has a counterfeit incarnation, counterfeit instruction, counterfeit resurrection, counterfeit identification, counterfeit negotiation, counterfeit exaltation, counterfeit domination. And it's interesting that Muslims are awaiting what appears to be the arrival of the Antichrist, whom they call their 12th Imam. And then we looked at Revelation. Who is the Antichrist? God only knows. But he will not be revealed. I mean, Jesus won't come back until he is revealed. So we can be on the lookout for a world leader who is blasphemous, pompous, miraculous, religious, and victorious. God only knows if he's alive today. But the rapture may be the catalyst to give rise to the Antichrist and to cause the tribulation, which will mature into the great tribulation. And lastly, we looked at preparation. Regardless of who he is and when he appears, we need to be ready now. You need to be ready today. And there's only one way to be ready. And that's by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. And if you are ready, like I'm ready, if you're ready, then make sure you don't keep this to yourself. We need to tell it to others. Not to scare them. Antichrist is coming. Antichrist. No. Christ is coming. Encourage them. Christ is coming. And you can go with him. And yeah, all the Antichrist stuff, that's true too. But you don't need to try to scare people into heaven. There's enough good news, more than enough good news, to encourage people to faith in Christ, that they would be ready when Christ returns. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. And while we don't like talking about Antichrist, we don't look forward to this one who will rule over the earth, not like Jesus will. We don't look forward to the Antichrist. We look forward to Christ. 
And may we be ready when Christ comes back. And it's all by grace through faith in Him. There may be some in this room or some watching online who have not yet received Christ as Savior. Give them grace and faith to believe right now. And for those of us who do believe, may we be careful to share the good news of Jesus Christ with a lost and dying world who will have to endure Antichrist, who will have to endure the tribulation and the great tribulation. Lord, give them grace and faith that they might be rescued from that. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. It's now time for invitation. It's time for you to respond.